Time now for History Matters. Joined in the studio by the one and only Scott Washington, historian extraordinaire, to uh, catch us up on uh, this week in history. And if you notice me saying a few extra words during that weather report, <laughs> I usually I record it. this on Adobe Audition, <laughs> but then it froze up. I had to close it and reopen the program and hit record again, all while doing the weather report. I don't know if you noticed that. I, I, well, I, all I noticed is, is <laughs> you make bread right in front of our eyes, and then we eat it and enjoy it. So, you know, it's incredible what you do. It's a little bit sourdough today, if but you, you know. are listening, if you could see what Aaron has, it's like an airplane console. There's numerous screens and equipment. It's kind of amazing, and he makes it look easy. This board is actually smaller now than it was before when we were at the Weaver Dairy really? uh, spot like six years ago, seven years ago now. Like, this board was actually larger. We got the, we got a new, like, streamlined board when we moved into this place. <laughs> Much more user-friendly, but yeah, still there's like 20 dials here. Well, you make the difficult look easy, and that's much harder than most people know, so, you know, kudos to you and everybody here at WCHL for making the magic happen. Uh, this is, uh, and that's like history too. There, uh, sometimes people pop up uh, in the uh, looking at what's happening in a week that are really extraordinary. Now, here's one that's a more recent one that we probably haven't heard a lot about, unless you're a sports aficionado. Julie Crone, Julie Crone, uh, born in 1964, uh, became the winningest woman jockey in history. Uh, she's still alive today. This is unusual uh, the, in terms of the people we normally cover and say, oh, here's somebody who lived several hundred years ago. Uh, she started racing in 1981. She loved to race and uh, became a professional jockey. This is a sport, if you ever watched any of the uh, Kentucky Derbies, it's dominated by men. Mm -hmm. And so she was highly unusual, but she won uh, her, a uh, in the Triple Crown race riding a horse named Colonial Affair in the Belmont Stakes uh, on June 5th, 1993. And the that record has still st uh, stood the test of time. No no other woman has been able to do that, mm. uh, which is incredible. She has won, uh, been in the winner's circle over 3,700 times and uh, eventually earning over $80 million in purses. Wow. <laughs> and what's kind of incredible is that it wasn't as if this was all easy. No, she's facing a chauvinism, um, and uh, she's not only she's only four feet ten inches high, 105 pounds as a jockey. Um, she's injured multiple times, and she keeps persevering. She even wins an award by USA Today as one of the top tennis toughest athletes uh, in uh, 2011. Like it. Uh, and the other thing that uh, she does, uh, and I think, are some of her quotes. Um, that I love. She said, if the stable gate is closed, climb the fence. <laughs> so she always understood that, yes, there was discrimination against her because she was a woman. She never let it stop her. She always let her record uh, prove who uh, she was. And even when she was injured, she felt like, uh, she said, you have to set new goals every day. And I yeah. think that's a really... Those should be inspiring whenever we're feeling, oh, we're against something. You're like, well, wait, think about this woman and what she was up against. She's been, if she's won 3,700 races, I wonder how many races <laughs> she's been in because oh, you're I competing know. against like 10 to 20 other jockeys right. who are also good at what they do. Right. So, you know, you're not going to win them all or even half. So, yeah. you know, you're talking about like more than 10,000 races. I'm sure she's been in. That's it's, incredible. It's, it really is incredible. And uh, I, I just really admire that. And, you know, that's kind of what we look to in history is these people who inspire us, who stand up 
and uh, speak out. Uh, one of them uh, comes up this week. Uh, her name is probably not as well known on this side of the pond. Dame Millicent uh, Garrett Fawcett, uh, English, born in 1847, lives to 1929. But she is the major mover and shaker for giving, getting women the right to vote in England. That was in 1918. So we are always thinking about the Constitutional Amendment here, which passes in 1920, the 19th Amendment. But um, actually, it was preceding that, that Britain does this, and uh, she's one of the giants. And I like what she said. One of her quotes is, courage calls to courage everywhere, which is a great way that we're inspired uh, by people who uh, do extraordinary things. And one of these is one that pops up this week. Um, and it was uh, June 5th, 1956, when the Supreme Court ruled that bus segregation was unconstitutional. Yep. Now, immediately we think of Rosa Parks. But actually, nine months before Rosa Parks, uh, there was a young woman, Claudette uh, Colvin, uh, who uh, was born in 1939. She's 15 years old. She's in school, and she's reading about uh, civil rights, and, and uh, then she's asked on the Montgomery bus system, you need to move to uh, make room because the bus was crowded, and uh, so a white woman could sit. And, mm -hmm. uh, she, and that was the law then. And she said no. And so eventually the driver has to stop the bus, calls the police, and she keeps protesting. This is against my constitutional rights. Mm. This is the case with several other plaintiffs that goes to the Supreme Court and actually results in this ruling. Uh, so we think of it as Rosa Parks, but actually Claudette uh, Colvin was one of those pioneers. I think this is, I think I'm going to get back to something that you said, like in yeah. the middle of that, which is she was inspired by having read about yes. civil rights yes. conflicts in school. Like, That's let's, right. let's highlight the fact that we need to teach kids That's about right. civil rights and the conflicts and the, the challenges and the injustices oh. and the fights for justice that came before so that we can recognize when there is an injustice that's happening in front of us and we that's know right. what to do about it. This is important. Well, she said that when she was sitting there on the bus, she felt as if she had one hand of Harriet Tubman pushing her down on one shoulder and the other one of Sojourner Truth pushing it down, saying, no, you sit here, you have every right uh, to do so. Yeah. And that's why I think history can be inspiring, because we see these people who do... Harriet Tubman, <laughs> the last person who would sit down for anything. But in this particular case, that's, that's right. what you do. That's, yeah, that's yeah. what you do. <laughs> Sometimes you have to sit down to stand up yep. uh, for civil rights. Speaking so, with uh, Scott Washington, we got time for two more. What do we got? Okay. Uh, well, the other uh, couple of ones that I think are uh, important... Um, is something that happens, again, this is about civil rights, uh, in 1965, June 7th, is when uh, the Supreme Court, again, uh, is, is in the news this week, um, issues a ruling uh, that basically uh, overturns Connecticut's ban on contraceptives. Mm. Now, this seems kind of like, what? And in 1965, the court looked at this and said, well, this is ridiculous. Yeah. And But that led to a whole lot of additional things that happened after that because it, it established the idea that there were limits to what the government could do. It couldn't go into your bedroom. It couldn't mm. say who you were loving. It, it had to say, no, this is stuff that the government doesn't have. And that has to do with, of course, some of the civil rights that go, we, we call them the Bill of Rights, but some of them are civil rights. 
And uh, the justices that were in the majority said, no, this is about, uh, you know, Article 1, about freedom of speech, freedom of association, and also Article 9, mm -hmm. which we don't hear a lot about, saying the enumeration of the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people, including, including the privacy. right to privacy. Yes. Yep. This is Griswold huge. v. Connecticut, and I, yes. can, I know this off the top yes. of my head because this is a huge <laughs> Supreme Court case. Yeah. Huge, and, you know, but that I'm inspired by these kind of people who stand up or sit down, either way, and here's the other one. Uh, let me, let me, let me okay. go back. Like When we, when we talk about Supreme Court cases, and again, the Supreme Court's yes. going to be in the news this month because they all, always hand down a, a lot of big decisions yes. in June. Uh, you look at a Supreme Court case, like the name of the case, right. Griswold v. Connecticut, right. Brown v. Board of Education, Roe right. v. Wade. The right. uh, You wonder why the names are ordered the way that they are. Yeah. The one on the left, the first one that you name, yeah. Roe and Brown and Griswold, right. that's the party that lost at the lower court level, and right. they're petitioning the court to overturn that lower court ruling. Right. The one on the, the, the second uh, the second party is the one that won at the lower court level. So think about this. Griswold lost at the lower court level. The lower right. court said, no, this law is fine. Brown lost at the lower court level. The lower court said, yeah, school segregation, totally yeah. okay. Roe lost at the lower court level. Lower court said, yeah, bans on abortion are totally fine. Right. And it's the Supreme Court that overturns all of those. But yeah. there's a there's a long history of those lower court rulings, like looking back on old precedents yes. and saying, yeah, all this stuff is totally fine. And it takes those like really right. significant Supreme Court rulings to say, no, in fact, it's not. And then we look back on some of those like Brown versus Board of Education today and we think, oh, it's obvious, but it like not only wasn't it in, right. in 1954, but there was a long history of court rulings saying exactly the opposite. And it right. takes that that significant move, and it really is a big, significant, courageous yes. move for the Brown family to stand yes. up and say, precedent aside, this is still wrong, and then for right. Earl Warren and the Supreme Court justices to say, you are right, we're going to overturn precedent. And Claudette Co Cobell. And Claudette, yep, exactly. <laughs> Another one, and here's one that's who also did not let things uh, stand in the way in adversity. Um, it's uh, June 11, 1928, is when Morris Frank arrives uh, in the U.S. with a dog named Buddy who was trained as a guide dog in Switzerland. Now, before this, this really wasn't something that was in the United States, but uh, he had become blind as a child and really wanted to find ways to overcome this, uh, this in his case, this handicap, this adversity. And when he heard about this, said, I will go anywhere <laughs> to learn about it trains with this dog buddy, brings uh, the dog to New York, and with the press in attendance, walks around the busy streets of New York showing that it's possible, leads to the acceptance of guide dogs, does not let anything stand in his way. And uh, people like him, or Claudette Cobell, or uh, Julie Crone, uh, who pers persevered despite adversity, despite setbacks, and all the other people that we've just mentioned uh, should inspire us all uh, to do the extra thing that makes history happen and makes our lives better. And that is how history matters. Scott Washington, thank you so much. Thank you, Eric.